It's my show. Uh, excuse me. Yo, what are you doing in here? You're supposed to be in your crate when we record. Don't need to be now, now that we have these wireless headsets. The show is evolving. Yeah, yeah, that's great, but I don't need you rubbing up all against me right now. <laughs> excuse me, mister, I rub my dick on everything. What do you care if I'm all up on you? Whoa, you got some skin issues going on right now? No, dummy, I'm imprinting on you. Isn't that what today's episode is about? <laughs> That's not what it means by imprinting, doofus. What does it mean, then? <laughs> you mean like when my harness is too tight and the daddy takes it off and there's these big imprints on my fur? No. You know, like when daddy's wearing tube socks and the leaf imprints on his calves? <laughs> Tube socks. That's a pretty good name for a band. Or maybe it's like when Daddy wears No, his... no, no. It's not like when Father wears anything. Oh, you're talking about when fleshies get their stuff drawn on their bodies and it never comes off. No, you're thinking tattoos. Imprinting for dogs means several different things, Indy. It could mean the way we doggos learn at a young age who our litter is and our pup mates are, who we are, and even who our parents are. But in this case, I'm talking about our relationship to our parents putting our paw stamp on our fleshies. It sounds spiritual. I thought you weren't into that kind of stuff. I wouldn't say that I'm spiritual, true, but I do believe in imprinting. It's like uh, metaphorically marking on the fleshies, like pissing on their bleeding hearts. Pooping <laughs> <laughs> on their heads. <laughs> <laughs> Not unless you want to get banished as an outside dog. Oh, no. Outside dog life is like going on that fleshy show alone without the ability to tap out. Yeah, living on squirrel poop and dead rats. Oh, no, that's much worse than kids. Fuck Fuck kibble! So in this episode, we're diving pretty deep into how we imprint on our fleshies. And also some good tips for fleshies on how to imprint on their dogs early on. Yeah, I don't follow. Ugh, I'm like a seeing eye dog for you sometimes. Well, if you're gonna be seen as a talk-to dog, you gotta expect to explain things to me every once in a while. Alright, fine. I figured we could help impart a few tips maybe for when fleshies are getting ready to, you know, get a new doggo into their life. Like what to expect when you're expecting puppies. (laughs) More like tips to create a lasting bond with your dogs. Adopt, don't shop. What now? I'm saying when you get a new puppy, don't forget to adopt, not to shop. Oh, right, of course. I mean, there's no reason to buy a dog from a breeder or a pet store when there are so many dogs who need homes from shelters and rescue groups. So so let's not forget how imprinting may be able to help single fleshy friends out there to, you know, get some action. Or rather, how to keep the action. All right, now you totally have me confused. What are you talking about? Yeah, let's say you're a fleshy and you've just started dating someone. All right, well, can my name be Stud? Stud? Yeah, Studs McGee. Oh, uh, I guess. Okay, so you're dating this as a fleshy, right? Yeah, and her name is Jacqueline Besetch. <laughs> Yeah, okay, whatever. Yeah, but but say it. You're dating Jacqueline Bissett. No, Jacqueline Bissett. Whatever. <laughs> anyway, you're not sure if Jacqueline Bissett is into you or not. So, you know, you can imprint on her. Wait a second. How am I going to do that? Listen to the rest of the episode to find out. Oh, yeah, right. Okay, good answer, good answer. Keep them going till the end. Okay, Sudsbeekie. Should we move on to our next segment before we continue? Yeah, but uh, just call me Stud. You, there's no need to add the S on the end. But that's what you said earlier. Yeah, I know, but I changed my mind. Stud is fine, not studs. Okay, Stud. Shall we move on to the next segment? We should, but before we do that, we should also answer one of our fan questions. Uh, did you say fans? Yeah, we got a few now. All right, so this comes from Sausalito Stella. She asks, beef or chicken? Milk bone or digestive biscuit? Bully stick 
or pork rind? Oh, what a fantastic question. Seriously. And we have all the answers for that. I'd say for me personally, beef all the way. Because you're allergic to chicken. No, that's a lie. But yeah, it makes me itch like a mofo. You lose all your hair? And no, no, just a little bit. Because you know doggo pattern baldness? Uh, don't over-exaggerate. You are allergic to chicken. Okay, okay, but for okay, me, okay. fresh roasted chicken is the best. Yes. Like when Mama gets that whole roasted chicken, sometimes she gives us just a little bit, like, like the crispy skin. <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> and as far as milk bones or digestive biscuits go. Yeah, I don't think we've had either of them. No, one time we got a box of milk bones from Harmony, yeah, but we didn't really care for them. Yeah, they were too dry. Daddy used to give them to Brando upstairs. Thank you, guys. I love the milk bones. <laughs> Someday, I will do a favor for you that you will have to pay in kind. And sing. <laughs> yeah, he ate them in a second. As far as bully sticks or pork rinds go. Bully sticks all the way. I'd have to second that motion. Bully sticks for sure. I'd tear into a bully stick in a hot second. Yeah, not me. I'd take that bully and I'd bury it so far underneath the bed, no one will ever find it. Either that or I'll just carry it around the apartment in my mouth like Winston Churchill. Never before have so many bully sticks been buried between cushions by so few. And see. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. That was my Winston Churchill impression. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Moving on. From the skyscrapers of New York to the coast of California, this is... Doggo News! All right, first thing on the list. We have to address this totally creepy, crazy thing you fleshies have done. Yeah, this is creepy as hell. We know you fleshies are really into this black mirror thing, but this is extreme. Show them the video! Well, we can't right now, but... Why not? Because this is our podcast. Oh, duh! <laughs> but they can check it out on our Facebook page and see it. Yeah, fleshies, get on our Facebook page. This one is unreal. But it is real. Just tell them already. This week, CNN reported that robot dogs have just joined joined in military exercise for the U.S. Air Force. They're like robocops, but robo-dogs. They aren't real dogs. They're 100% robotic, but they're made to look and move like dogs. Freaky! I mean, couldn't they have just made them dinosaurs instead? Like a robot T-Rex! Exactly. Or even one of those, you know, the smaller dinosaurs. Yeah, the velociraptors! Yeah, make them look like velociraptors. We dogs already have a bad rep for being scary. Or they could have made, like, robot cats! Yeah, they could have thrown them off cliff and they'd land on their feet. Anyway, these robot dogs are meant to help fleshies go into potentially hazardous areas before the fleshies, you know, to scope things out. Like a drone with four legs. Exactly. And because they're robots, not actual dogs, the bad guys can't lure them away with bones like they do in the movies. I hate that. It's like if some bad fleshy threw me a bone to get me distracted, I'd just bite his face off because I knew he would have evil intentions. Fleshies don't just go walking around with bones unless they're trying to deceive you. <laughs> right? We can smell that they're bad. We'd know for sure. Granted, I do like the idea of actually saving dogs, you know, and hate for them to get hurt, save some fleshy lives. True. We throw ourselves in harm's way enough for you fleshies. Speaking of military dogs, next up in doggo news is the story of Kuno, a Belgian Malinois is receiving the Medal of Valor in England for attacking an Al-Qaeda gunman and saving the lives of British troops. Kuno was then shot in his back legs, leaving one limb amputated. He's the first UK military dog to receive custom prosthetic legs. Oh, he's like a robo-dog now. Right? Except he's retired. Well, good for him. What a hero. Oh! <laughs> Woo! <laughs> 
And finally, in today's doggo news, a recent study made by Canine Cottages shows that dogs' heart rates increase when their parents tell them that they love them. Ah, duh! We're just so happy that you're talking to us and showing us love. And our heart rate calms down when you snuggle us. Well, double duh! We just love to cuddle. Hello! Yeah, Fleshies, I don't know why you keep doing these silly studies. It's pretty obvious when you just look at us. Yeah, just read the signs. I saw the sign. I opened up my mind. I saw the sign. Please don't. How <laughs> did you? All right, so that's it for today's Doggo News, a new segment that we hope that you're digging. Let us know by giving us a like on these videos we're posting on Facebook that correlate to each bit of Doggo News. All right, now back to today's subject. Father did this thing when they first got me. Yeah, I know. You've told me this story like a million times already. But our fleshy listeners don't know. All right. Okay, go on. When mother and father picked me up from dog godmother Jasmine's place, he told mother that he would drive home. Because mama usually drives when they're together because, you know, she's a total control freak. And the better driver. Yeah, her busted shoulder would say otherwise. Anyway, he told her to sit in the passenger seat and hold me so that I could imprint on her and she could could imprint on me, you know, so that I could really be her dog. Because Chewy was already technically daddy's dog because, you know, he had him before they met. Right. So mother held me in her arms all the way home and we bonded. I got my stink all over her and she got her stink all over me. Imprinting sounds like it could be a very stinky endeavor sometimes. Stinky or kinky? Both. (laughs) And then to top it off, when they put me in the crate, they left me with mother's clothes so that I could still have her stink near me. You know, to make me feel comfortable like she was my new fleshy mother. I love the smell of that dirty underwear. Yeah, it it wasn't her dirty underwear. It was just a t-shirt that she had already worn. Should have been her dirty underwear. So on the way home, then she would just talk to me and keep saying my name, Sadie, 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 you know, petting me and loving me. So that way I could get used to her voice. It's another way of imprinting on me. Anyway, that along with her smell and the way she would just stare into my eyes day after day after day. Oh, I love it when she does that to me, Alyssa. You know, unless, of course, if I'm in a bad mood, then I give her the sad stinker. Yeah, I mean, those were the days. In the beginning, our love affair, we'd just snuggle and stare at each other. Yeah, we still do that sometimes, you know. Yeah, I know. Don't be jealous, Cindy. You got father's imprint on you. And mama's. Just not like me. Oh, another thing I like to do because I'm obsessed with her is that, (laughs) well, it's kind of embarrassing, but I like to eat her hair. That is so weird. I mean, her hair is all over the place. Well, it's not all over the place, but you know, it's not like she's balding, but you know, hair falls out. Yeah, and sometimes you just find it. I can't help it. I like to eat it. I mean, not every day, but once in a while, if I find one of her hairs lying around, I sort of inhale it. And sometimes it just gets stuck in your poop, and then she's got to pull it out of your butt. Yeah, it's like a hanger on her. The only way to get it out is if she pulls it out with a poop bag. Some of our fleshy fans are now getting a little grossed out, I'm sure. Why? Everybody poops. Truth. Anyway, I do because I love Mother so much that I literally want to ingest her sometimes. It's kind of like how I love to sleep right in the middle of Mama and Daddy's big U-shaped pillows because I just love to envelop this smell all over me. Mother and father get so pissed because you get your black hair all over their pillows. Oh, they don't get that mad. Yeah, and then when mother and father come in, all they have to do is start to lay down and then, boom, you jump right up. See, I play the easygoing game sometimes, kind of like, you know, the cool chick technique. <laughs> I'm not touching that one. But I don't go to the complete end of the bed. Nope, bitch, make sure her butt 
that her head is leaning right up against Mother Father's legs. Hand on Mama, butt on Daddy is my favorite. That way I got my nose pointed to the bedroom door to watch for intruders. Now do Mother and Father get all annoyed and moan? Get off me, give me some space. Nope, they just lay their feet all across me, press it across my face and jowls, getting their feet stink all over me. And the genius part is Mother and Father just fawn. They're just like, oh, she's such a good girl. She just lays there as we rub our feet all over her face. <laughs> Did you just call me a genius? <laughs> oh, God. That's your takeaway from that? All right. You have your moments. Imprinting. How about another example about how fleshies imprint on us? All right. I'm glad you asked. Now, just a note to our listening audience. We only have the perspective of our own experience. Your dogs. Or fleshies. Or fleshies might do different things to imprint on their companions. Yeah, just like how Mama held you in the drive home. When Daddy picked me up from the rescue kennel, he put his hands on my face to get his oils all over me. Then I could smell him all the way home, too. <laughs> that was so brave of him. Brave? Come on. You were like a wild hyena. Well, it's not like <laughs> I walked into the apartment and started tearing up the books, scratching at the door, and ripping up pillows. Okay, yeah, yeah. I was feral, so yeah, I ripped shit up. So what? Jealous? Flipped around like a fish out of water <laughs> whenever they put you in your crate. Well, I had never been cooped up like that before. I came straight from the streets. You were an animal shelter for what? A year in human time. Yeah, that's like your entire puppyhood. I was running the streets, hitting my switches. Spare me the snoop quotes. Put yourself in my nose. No, thank you. No, seriously, though. I came from wandering free on the streets. I take a tiny detour to smell on Jasmine, and then bam! Next thing I know, mother and father are smothering me up the wazoo. Oh, sounds so terrible. I'm not done yet. That smothering must have hidden some sleepy time tonic or something in it because I slept for a week straight. You were exhausted from continuously running on the streets. True. I was constantly looking for my next score. You make it sound like you were a junkie. A junkie for junk food? I needed sustenance. Trying to steal scraps from homeless peeps wasn't an easy task, you know. I thought maybe one of them would grab me and throw me on a queue. A queue? You know, a barbecue. Oh, come on. Anyway, once I finally wake up from my week-long nap at Mother and father's pad, I start to get to know Chewy. Uh, was he a ghost at this point? No, silly. He wasn't even a clone yet. I was going to say, that would be really scary. You know, like you were in the doggo sixth sense. I see dead puppies. And scene. No, man. He was flesh and blood Chewy. Same old fluffy fuck Chewy. I would have liked to have known solid form Chewy. Yeah, he was awesome. He was trying to show me the ropes, you know, get me familiar with their routines. This is the other way dogs imprint, by learning from their pack. That sounds like what you did for me when I was brought into the pack. Exactly. But you know what I didn't do? What? Well, the second mother and father leave, I didn't fall on the ground, shake and convulse, roll my eyes to the back of my head and piss all over the place, then just pop up covered in piss and drool and act like nothing happened. Yeah, I don't remember that being part of the orientation. It felt like the scary plot twist in a horror movie. Sometimes when mother and father left, Chewbacca would have these episodes and would totally freak me out. Maybe you should have just tried to help take care of your new pack dog rather than tear everything up. Hey, hey, I did. I stretched my entire little body across that big fluffy ball. You know, to make him feel comforted. Oh yeah, that sounds exactly like what the doctor orders for epilepsy. Epilepsy? You know, for a talk-to dog, you don't listen very well. Chewy had seizures because he was epileptic. This is pretty common in certain breeds of dogs. Mommy and Daddy talk about it all the time, doofus. <laughs> oh, yeah, right, right. I, I knew that. But, you know, at the time, I had no idea what was going on. So I thought, you know, that zombie ghosts were trying to possess him or something. Zombie ghosts? Well, it, it was before my current beliefs about ghosts and the afterlife kicked in. Uh-huh. 
but I only comprehended it as cause and effect. When they left, Chewie freaked. So I hated it when they would leave, and then, you know, I tried everything in my power to stop them from leaving. Was it just a panicked little nervous dog and you screaming for attention? No, bitch, I didn't know if they were ever coming back. I mean, what if they died out in the big unknown world, and then Chewie and I were left to starve to death, and then Chewie becomes a zombie again, and then he tries to eat me? Another reason I'd lay across him. Yeah, that sounds like a natural prevention for epilepsy. What do I look like, a doctor? I didn't know what was going on. So you found yourself dependent on mama and daddy. Yeah, I guess so. Imprinting. Moving on. What's another way us doggos imprint on our humans? Ah, the infamous bathroom follow. This is another one of my moves. Learned it from Chewy, the ultimate Velcro dog. Yeah, I avoid the bathroom follow. The wood floors at our place are kind of booby-trapped, so they'll kill you. <laughs> You're ridiculous. You're afraid of crossing over thresholds. Anyway, I generally follow mother into the bathroom just to make sure she ain't bailing on me. And you never know, she might give me some extra pets and loving while she's in there. It's like the equivalent of when a fleshy kid goes into the bathroom with his mama to watch her put on some makeup. And then he learns how to perfect his look from there. And then he starts making YouTube videos with the name Sandy Mua. Wait, is Mua like... Does <laughs> that mean like he wants to kiss you? Mwah. Mwah. I think it stands for makeup artist. Wow, you are so smart sometimes. Anyway, we're getting off track here. Yeah, but could you imagine if you followed mama in the bathroom and then she taught you how to put on lipstick? <laughs> <laughs> I already have some nice lashes, so I wouldn't need any mascara. I think you pronounced that wrong. Oh, yeah? Uh, how do you pronounce it? I think it's mascara, not mascara. <laughs> okay, whatever. Anyway, imprinted. Oh, I've got one. Foot sitting. What, like Moe's side sitting? Yeah, kind of. A dog sitting on your feet is a sign of affection. It's considered a form of claiming. For me, it's a form of claiming my dominance over father. Oh, really? Yeah, it's me telling him to stay right there. Sure, until he throws you off with a flip of a toe. For some dogs, it's a way to indicate that they would rather rest on the floor by your feet. Rather than curled up on the couch with you. Stop taking it personally, mother. Pumpkin privilege rears its ugly face once again. Either way, it's another example of imprinting. Oh, this is one of my favorites, the post-meal cuddle. Yeah, you and Daddy are both whores for post-meal cuddles. I jump on the couch, do a little snaggle dance where I turn around to the right two times, then to the left once. Then he does his little snort and sneeze, the... Yeah, this is correct. It's my grand finale. Then he crawls up daddy's leg all up over his lap. Then I settle on father's chest all while rubbing my long schlong silver all over him. Finally, I stare straight into his eyes, getting myself a huge dopamine hit right before I go off to bed. Imprinted. Now, I want to impart a little knowledge with the story. All right, get comfortable, folks. I want to take everyone back to the day that I met Daddy. Oh, I remember that day. It was hot as balls. Tell me about it. I didn't have any AC at the shelter like you didn't have any balls. Easy. The truth is, I was labeled a fearful, aggressive dog that didn't like men. Oh, how much has changed? Shut up, Z. <laughs> well, because of that highly, mostly inaccurate labeling, there was only one male at the shelter that I was comfortable with. There was a whole greeting routine that I had to go through. Which is still how Father has people greet you. So how it goes is, I prefer if a fleshy greets me with his fist clenched and held out. Which still makes no sense to me. Why's that? Well, I mean, fleshies inflict pain when their fists are all clenched. True, but a fleshy can grab you when their hands are open, and then they can hit you that way too. Oh, that's a good point. Anyway, it didn't really matter what Daddy did. I was like, ooh, fuck Ron, Rocky Mountain Oysters. This fleshy has amazing energy. Yeah, Father's energy is pretty fly. 
I just jumped up on him and started licking away, like, saying, You're mine! You're mine! You're mine! It was shameless and pretty disgusting. Desperado. Shh! It was happily ever after story. But! Oh, there's a but? Yes! Most fleshies use this in a similar technique called the reach and sniff. Yeah, that's usually how most humans greet me, also referred to as the sniff test. Well, for generations now, this has been tried and true greeting between canine and fleshy. But recently noted animal trainer to the stars, Tamar Geller, thinks differently. Tamar has recommended that fleshies put a pause on this technique. Hey, get it? Put a pause? Yeah, I get it. Anyway... Some dogs can get frightened when a fleshy reaches out to them. First and foremost, you should always ask a doggo's paw rent if you may greet them. Once you get permission, walk up to the dog at a 45-degree angle and stop short. Then crack a smile. See, dogs can associate being approached head-on as an attack. Standing away and smiling indicates to us that through body language that you are the threat. It's then on the paw rent to read his dog's body language, specifically something called rubber band legs. That's when you can feel your dog pulling forward while keeping their back legs planted. It helps if the dog owner carries some treats along with them, too. I think that's a good practice in general. Right. Before the paw reds allow contact, give your pup a treat saying, Friend. In a very sing-songy voice. Friend. E.T. Phone home. E.T. Friend. Friend. Friend, not foe. Yeah, you gotta you gotta give the treat to the stranger, right? And then you have them toss it to the dog, but still don't make that eye contact just in case Fido's crazy friend. You know, the dog should come forward, take the treat, then show some interest towards the stranger. So instead of stranger danger, it's like omelets and guacamole, this stranger has snacks. This process should ensure a playful and positive interaction. Imprinted. Genius. Now, let's go ahead and circle back to the advice that I teased out earlier for some of our fleshy singles out there. Oh, right. You mean how you can imprint on someone new to get them to stick around. Exactly. You know, in this day and age, with all the different apps and stuff that fleshy use to meet each other, sometimes getting someone to actually commit can be really hard. Especially with fleshy dudes. We're always wondering if, you know, there's something better out there. Like you have so many options. I would if I was free. <laughs> okay, okay. What's your advice to the single fleshies out there? Okay, just hear me out on this. All right, go ahead. Imprinting can also be used to make strong impressions on people. For example? Let's say you just started dating a fleshy. And her name is? Yeah, yeah, Jacqueline Bissage. Bissage. Yes, yes, stud, yes. <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad you got that part right, at least. So, Jacqueline is not sure she likes you yet. Wait a second. She's crazy. Why wouldn't she like me? I'm a stud. And scene. <laughs> See, I could do it, too. So... Stud, you bring her some flowers, you buy her chocolate. I'm not allowed to have chocolate. It's poisonous to dogs. It's for her, and you're a fleshy in this story. Oh, so. right, right, right. Okay. But none of those acts of generosity are actually working. So what do I do? How do I get her to fall for me? You take her by the hand. You look it deep into the eyes, and then you say... I dig you, Jacqueline Bissetch. No, I love you, Jacqueline Bissetch. 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 <laughs> Bissetch. Love? Really? But we just met on Tinder like two days ago. Well, then that's too soon. But, you know, when you're ready, you take her by the hand. You look it deep into the eyes and you tell her, I love you.
You're pretty. <laughs> nah, I'll just play hard to get instead. That'll get her to fall for me. All right, moving on. I think it's about that time we read a section from our book. 865 reasons why having a dog is so much better than having a kid. Reason number 13. Why? Uh, because, Eddie, this is what we do at the end of each episode. No, why? Well, because we've been doing that for the last, like, 15 episodes now. It's why. Exactly. That's why we're talking about it. It's this little bookend thing that we do every Andy, episode. Andy, reason number 13 is why. Why what? Reason number 13 why having a dog is so much better than having a kid is because of the question, why? Oh, like when annoying little Frank asks why. Ugh, finally you get it. Self-explanatory, really. I mean, you would think. Why? Because it's annoying as hell when they ask that question. Why? Because it can drive parents crazy. Why? Because parents want to help the little flesh blobs learn, but at the same time, they probably want to strangle the little buggers. But why? Because after a while, it feels like the kid is just asking at a certain point to see how long until you crack, like a form of water torture. Why? Okay, okay, that's enough. And see. Point is, you won't have to put up with that with the dog. The only whys that we ask are, why haven't we gotten a treat? Or a dinner. Or a walk. Or a fupa rub. And what's even better is that we ask with our eyes. Or like a moon. Or maybe a bark or two. Or we jump out the bed, we try to dig a hole to China. Not the best example. That's what you do, not me. Anyway. Reason number 13. Why? Well, that about wraps up another episode of the Zeddy and Indy Show. You know the drill. If you haven't already, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at the Zeddy and Indy Show. Oh, and like us on Facebook. Check out that cool robot dog video and all the other doggo news that we talked about today. And if you want to get on our cause to get off kibble, fuck kibble! Donate at patreon.com forward slash the Zeddy and Indy Show. Special shout out goes to our fuck kibble patreons, Licia and Ogre. And thank you all to our newest patreons who have signed up since last week's episode with Pedro Pascal. We had a record number of people sign up. We promise to keep giving you the best doggo podcast in the doggy universe with more special mutt guests and more fleshy guests. We only have one more episode before we end season one, but don't you worry. We'll take a quick four-week break and be back with a bigger and brighter season two. And for our loyal Patreons, you'll get a bonus episode during that break with special outtakes from our show. So thanks again for all your loyal support. Don't forget to keep telling all of your friends and family about our podcast. And until next Monday, smell smell you later. later!